everybody, welcome back to Lessons Learned, the podcast where we aim to turn our experiences into your wisdom. I'm Randy, here today with Chris, Joe, and Talon, and we're going to be going on to part two from the financial episode that we started last week talking about investments. So Chris, take us in. Thanks, Dillweed. Investing part two. To the first one, got to do for the second one. What's yes. up? I'm also a second cup of coffee in already. I was just about to say your energy level is like skyrocketed. <laughs> Let's go. I was tired of the first one. You know, it's part two. We're the same day, same everything. We just rolled right into it for you guys. Minus Jared. Um, we lost Jared. Yeah, Jared had to go. It's Valentine's Day. Um, so Jared had to go. I don't know if he's going to church. He went to church. Yeah, he's going to church because he's a good boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. God is his Valentine. Good. Oh, <laughs> good for him. Coffee is mine. I'm also sadly single. Yeah, me too. Everybody here, minus Talon. Hint, hint. But it's the morning time, so it's not like we're missing out on taking dates out or anything. So. True. Anyway, investing. Maybe investing is bay, right? Money. Hey. Money is bay. Money's attractive, right? Very. You see, I tie that in, dude. I'm getting good at these. Doesn't matter how ugly I am if I have a lot like, of money. <laughs> facts, dude. <laughs> Straight facts. <laughs> All right, so investing part two, right? We talked about the types of investments there are. So if you haven't heard our first part one episode, go back and listen to that before you get into this, just so you know what decision you need to make and what's right for you. So this episode is going to be a little bit shorter, probably. We're just going to talk about what we invest in and why we invest in that and like what platforms we use to do so. So I'll start it off this time. I'm not going to hand it off to anybody. I'm going to hand it off to myself. Chris, Damn. take it away. Wow. All right, Chris, thanks for the handoff there. Um <laughs> Again, second cup of coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I use, because Talon recommended it, everything I do is because Talon recommended it. <laughs> I'll stop recommending things. <laughs> I'll go broke. Um, M1 app. We've talked about it a ton. If you listen to any finance episode, I think we've talked about it. Go ahead and download it. It's a great app. M1. It's like... Uh, Purplish M- M1 blue. Finance, yeah. specifically. Yeah, Not to be confused with M1 Grand. Shut up. <laughs> okay, that yes, wasn't... Don't, don't, uh, the World War II rifle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, invest in the World War II rifle that no longer is used. Um, anyway, download this app. It's great. It brings up a pie chart. Again, just a clip. Huh? This. Me, me and Randy uh, talked about this app, and we actually used it. We didn't. I kind of showed you what it looked like, even though the screen was like completely whited out. Thank God, because all my money was in there, and you could have saw all the money I had. But Ooh, so scary. It's like $2, but whatever. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not $2. Um, so, yeah, it's a great app to use. You can basically make a pie chart, and you can click all these different ETFs or individual stocks, which we already talked about, right? We didn't no. talk about the differences yet, did we? No. no. Let's talk about that before we get into what we invest in. For that, I'll lead into a little bit and hand over to you. All right. So let's talk about ETFs. ETFs are investing in not one company. So like if I invest in Tesla, that's stock in Tesla, right? We talked about that last episode. Like you're investing into a company, you own part of that company now. An ETF, your money is going into all these different companies. So for example, the S&P 500, which I invest in, is an ETF. Again, I use a Vanguard ETF, which I recommend that's what I use. That's what you use. That's what you recommended. So therefore, I use it. That's what Vanguard I use now. Invented. Vanguard invented the index fund. So Boom. yes, they are the first ones. Boom. Um, so SP 500 is a great example of an ETF. Everyone's heard of it, right? It's the 500 biggest companies, right? So 
you're investing into all 500 of those companies. So for example, if you watched just the clip, again, shameless plug, I think that's like the third time now, um, you, if one company tanks, you're not losing money because, well, potentially you're not losing money because if one company goes under, you have 499 others that you could be making money on. So it's a very safe uh, index fund, which is why I enjoy ETFs, right? Because it's safer. You're, you're, you're not guaranteed to make money, but you almost are. It's going to go up, right? What, what is your opinion on that? Long-term investing. So that's the biggest thing. So you kind of interchange index funds and ECFs right there. But so yeah, sorry. the S&P 500 is an index of the top 500 companies in the United States. Uh, and originally, the, they, they use the term index fund. So basically, it's a fund that you just invest in uh, to track that index. And the difference between indexes, index funds and ETFs, which is exchange-traded funds, index funds, you could only basically sell them at the end of the trading days. An ETF is basically treated like a normal stock, and you can trade that whenever at any point throughout the trading day. Uh, so that's kind of the difference. They they both pretty much do the same thing, but ETFs are more flexible. Honestly, might as well just invest in an ETF because there's really no other difference. Um, but you can sell it whenever you feel like it. Nice. I got a question for you, real quick, Talon. My yes. talent, not me. You think I'm dumb? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> dumb, dumb, yeah. dumb, dumb, dumb. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so S and P five hundred. You said top five hundred companies, right? Yeah. I said that, not Talon. I did say it though too. Shut up. He also said it. <laughs> it's it's in the name. Anyway, so say you invest, you know, a hundred dollars at any point into that, and one of those companies drops out of it. Say one of those companies kind of like plummets and drops. I don't know, four hundred or you know, what I mean, like it drops out of that top five hundred. Um, does it take that money and reallocate it into the company that took its spot? Okay, so the thing about these indexes is that they the companies that are in it has to be kind of vetted. So there's a body that actually decides this. So Tesla just got added to the S&P 500. Which we talked about just a clip. Yeah. Yes. And even though Tesla was a huge company, like they're like they're definitely in the top 500 companies for a lo- quite a while uh, in terms of their value and everything. But they have to be chosen to be entered into the S and P 500 because every single person that's in the like investing in the S and P 500 is then going to have to basically be okay with investing in Tesla or whatever company it is. And the biggest thing with the S and P 500 is, uh, yes, there's 500 companies in it, and those companies can be moved and changed, and new ones can be added uh, by this vetting uh, board and everything like that. But a lot of like, it's it's really. A lot of the S&P 500 is actually made up of like the top five companies, like because they're such big companies like Google, Facebook, Apple, stuff like that. Right. They're just huge right. companies. Um, so like if one of those plummets, uh, that's going to affect you a lot more than like if the if the like 500th company plummets because you I mean, just because you own a lot more of those other ones in that fund. Um, but yes, Joe. So if one if one company drops out of the S&P 500, basically the rest of that fund is going to be reallocated with that other company and everything that got added to it to replace that one. And that's one of the nice things about them is that they just, they pretty much do their own thing. Um, ETFs, they just, they literally, you don't have to do anything with them and you're, you're so diversified. So there's, there's so many out there. I mean, you mentioned the S&P 500, 
There's other ones. There's small cap ones because SP 500 is large cap because they're huge companies. There's small cap ones. There's mid cap ones. There's international ones. There's REITs, which is real estate. Um, REIT. I, was REIT. Gonna, I was holding back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those are real estate uh, ones. And there's, there's ETFs for technology uh, companies and there's ETFs for everything. There's, there's probably going to be an ETF for cryptocurrency soon in the future. So yeah. cool. So That'd is it dope. is it safe yeah. to say like um basically what you're saying with S&P 500 if you if you in, invest in the Vanguard S&P 500 like I did and like Chris and I'm sure you do as well if somebody drops out basically all that happens is somebody else takes that spot and you don't lose any money because you're not invested in the company that dropped out you're invested in the Vanguard ETF you could lose money because if one of those companies do bad in that in that index then it's going to affect the rest of the index. But guess what? There's 499 other companies in there. So if any of those do better, they're going to offset that one that did bad. Or even if like half of them do bad, but the other ones do great. Like uh, there's, especially during the pandemic, there's a lot of like the energy uh, companies. So like gas companies and everything, they were doing really bad. But guess what? The technology companies were doing great. So yeah. the SP 500 index went up like crazy because it completely offset all the bad ones. Uh-huh. So you probably... Uh, if you buy ETFs, you shouldn't really be even caring if they're doing good, if they're doing bad. Just don't even look at them. It yeah. doesn't matter um, yeah. because the biggest reason why you're buying ETFs is because you're diversified. You're trying to protect your yourself by diversifying and just to, to and probably to invest long term because yeah. you're not going to get rich off of like a, an ETF if you buy it for a year, then sell it within a year. That defeats the purpose of them. Exactly. Right. And that's why, Randy, I know you had a question. Um do I invest long-term, short-term? What was your exact question? Oh, so ask? right, right. So my exact question was, what's the minimum amount of time I should plan to let my money sit in an investment account? A long time. There is no minimum. Long, long time. Yeah. There is no There is <laughs> right. no minimum, but you will always make more the longer you hold it, uh, just because that's how compound interest works. Uh, the S&P 500, for example, on average with inflation included averages around eight percent that is the overall length since the since the stock market existed that is just what they pretty much return so taking that statistic in 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 mind as long as you hold on to that stock even if one year it goes down if you hold on to that s p 500 etf long term you're going to make money from it yeah yeah so that's the biggest takeaway from etfs is it all the statistics that we know for the past well over 100 years that the stock market has been a thing is that 8% S&P 500 is the, around the return. So you can expect that year after year. And after, like if you keep holding it, let's say you invest $100. After one year, you made $108 just going off the 8% return. And then guess what? You have $108. Now you're going to get an extra 8%. It's just going to it's compound interest. Right. So the longer you hold it, the, the more and more and more you're going to be getting out of that. Yeah. So best case scenario, hold on to the index fund as long as possible uh companies individual stocks you can that's up to you um because those change yeah those change because guess what companies aren't always going to be around so it's kind of you have to if you invest in individual stocks you kind of have to choose at some point when you should sell yeah yeah and now Um, so actually leading in chris real quick before you say that mm -hmm. um that was another question that i personally had was you know, what trends do you follow and like, how do you know when you like when you want to buy into or sell out of a company? I mean, if everyone knew that, 
we'd all be millionaires, wouldn't we? Well, no, yeah. but I mean like what trends, what trends make you want, like make you want to invest in a particular company or what trends make you say, uh, you know what? Maybe I don't want to have as much money in this company or maybe I want to sell it all together. Can I talk about it for a second? <laughs> um, <laughs> Tesla, right? This is my biggest one, right? Uh, at, you know, beginning again, trends, right? Oh, electric cars came out. Oh, that's dumb. Like no one's going to buy those. Everyone's buying them. So at what point does that become a trend and you see it as the way of the future? That is, that's what you got to look for, right? Um, so for now, now, like my mindset has totally changed. When Tesla first came out, I was like, that's so stupid. Like, I'm not going to ever get that. And then, you know, I traveled the world. I went to Norway and I see how many Teslas are over there and they do like tax write-offs for Norwegian people. And like, cause they're trying to limit, you know, carbon emission, this whole green movement, electric is becoming a big deal. So you, you, you gotta think about not only like what the company you're investing in. So for example, Tesla's electric cars, right? Think about the world as a whole. A lot of people, there's this huge green movement, like energy saving is a big thing now. So for a company like Tesla, that makes sense to invest in because you see the world, the way the world is moving, right? It's moving to less carbon emissions, less gas, less, we're moving to renewable resources, right? So to me, that makes sense to invest in Tesla now. Yeah. So, I mean, Chris kind of said it. So to choose what you want to invest in, for the most part, it's your opinion. There is some some facts and statistics that you can look at it. You can see what their you can compare what the stock is trading at, what their market cap is versus how much income that money's pulling in. Those are some statistics that you can look at. But in reality, you never know. Uh, a company could just disappear tomorrow because of new regulations or they make some really bad financial moves. You never you really never know, but it's really up to you to make that choice. If you want to inv- invest in an inv- individual company, you basically have to do as much research in that company as possible. And if it's something that you truly believe in. So going back to Tesla again, uh, Tesla's whole reason of existing is that they want to advance huma- humanity as a race, whether that be in uh, in electrical cars uh, or just green energy in general, or they're also just a general technology company uh who's investing a lot of money and time into AI and everything. So there's a lot going on in companies like Tesla, but there's plenty of other ones out there. Uh, another one that I like, so a company called Redfin, it's like a, it's basically just an online real estate website, but at the same time, they also have their own agents and everything. I'm just like, this is going to be the future of real estate. So stuff like that, you just have to, it, it's a lot of your own opinion. And that's the biggest thing is like, if you're not comfortable making these choices yourself, just invest in an ETF because Warren Buffett, for all the hedge funds out there and everything, he basically sent out a challenge. He's like, I don't believe that anyone's going to be able to beat the markets versus an S&P 500 index fund or an, like just an index in general. And these hedge funds, they tried these these managers that are dealing with billions of dollars. They tried to beat the market. Guess what? They don't beat the market. Uh, so if, if, if in reality, if you just want to invest just throw your money in an ETF. Just throw your money in in, in an S&P 500, small cap ETF. Just do your research on them uh, because there's a lot of them out there. So you, you can diversify as much as you want. You can look at the expected returns and to also keep a note that they all have some form of expense ratios. So they have, you have to pay a certain fee. So like Vanguard ETF or domestic ETF, such as the S&P 500, they have a 0.04% 
expense fee, I believe. It's like nothing. You won't even notice it. So uh, for most people, ETFs is kind of the the best thing that you can do versus trying to guess and choose individual stocks. Does that does that kind of answer your question? I know it was like a long. No, yeah, I, I would definitely <laughs> say so. And like, you know, it makes a lot of sense. You base it off of trends of like what's happening in the real world. Yeah, exactly. And then same thing um, as far as what, you know, that same principle can be applied when you're getting out of a stock. You, you know, for for instance, I would just use an obvious example that would be like coal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we always talk about investing as a way to make money. But at the same time, you can put your money where your mouth is. If you truly believe in a movement such as green energy, put money in it. Because the more the more money people invest into it, the more money that they can then invest in them in themselves and they can become more relevant. You don't you don't always have to just think about trying to make money, but if you're trying to better the world, heck, throw some extra money in, in, in an industry that you think is gonna be important and that you want to succeed. Again, do your research so you know what that company's doing with your money once they have yeah. it. But yeah, that is a good point. Yeah. We are not um, financial advisors. <laughs> we're not. We're not financial. So we're just I mean, this is all recommendation, right? So take this with a grain of salt. But sweet. So we talked about ETFs and we talked about individual stocks the difference between them so why don't we dive back into the app and what we actually use right yeah again we talked about all the retirement accounts the iras tsp all that good stuff right so this is what you call it, a taxable taxable account there we go yeah all right sweet so again remember you're gonna pay taxes on anything you earn from this type of investing anything you earn because you've already paid tax on the money you've put in that's important to know uh, again, this is where the short-term and long-term capital gains come into play. So, me personally, like I use this M1 app, and it's great because you can pick. I don't know how many you can pick. I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in my pie right now. Seven companies and ETFs in this pie chart, basically. And you can click and decide what percentage of your money gets allocated to which fund, which I think is phenomenal. And you could change that every day if you wanted to. So me personally, this is the companies and ETFs I'm invested in. I have Tesla. I have Vanguard small cap, Vanguard S&P 500, the total stock. I have Apple, Amazon, and a Vanguard real estate. Now, it's also important to know I bought all of these in the crash. So I have better returns than most people would typically have. So that's important to know. The reason... I have S&P 500 and companies like Apple and Amazon and Tesla, right? Those three are in that S&P 500. So why am I double dipping? It's because I have faith in those companies, right? I think they're going to continue to grow. So why not double the money I make, right? Because I am invested a small portion in S&P 500, each of them, but I also want to invest individually. So this is where, Joe, you mentioned if a, if a company loses in the S&P 500, is your money going to go down? Yeah, you could lose money, right? But of course. those companies are going to continue to grow and I'm invested in, them, invested in them individually. So I'm really making twice the amount of money. Does that make sense? That do make do sense understand? to me. Right. So that's just the way I think about it. I mean, some people might be like, well, you're already invested. I'm like, why do that? It's up to you. Again, it's personal opinion. So the percentages are a big reason why I like M1 personally, now that you've you know showed it to me. Um, 
and I think this is a common misconception when it comes to buying stocks and investing is people think like, all right, an Apple stock is, you know, whatever. I'm just going to use a hundred. I don't know what it is. I'm just going to use a hundred dollars just to make things easy. Apple's a hundred dollars a share, right? So then it's like, oh, if I want to buy one share, I have to spend a hundred dollars. So if I want like five shares, I need to spend $500. I think that, I think that turns people off. And obviously Apple is probably, I'm assuming Apple's much higher talent. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. What's this cost? What's it? It says average share price and then cost. What was the actual cost of it? Is that 734? No, the price is 135.37. Oh, I don't even see that. All right. It's underneath that market. So I okay. think, Sweet. I think what happens is people get really turned off by the idea that like, I think they, and this is what I thought. And this is a big reason that I got turned off by investing was that I thought I had to buy, you know, like if I'm buying into Apple, I have to buy, you know, a full stock of Apple. This is really cool because like we were talking about it with the amount of money that I put in, in just the clip. And with my, uh, I invested in Tesla as well. And like with the amount of money I put in, I get, you know, like one point something shares of Tesla. So that's really cool that you can actually, you can go in and you don't have to buy a full share. You can buy a percentage of a share, which I didn't know that you could do. So that's a really cool feature and a, a really cool thing that I didn't know you were able to do. Yeah. So Randy, the term that you're kind of referring to, it's called fractional shares. I mean, just as it says, it's shares fractioned. Uh, and this is something more popular with the newer, uh, brokerages. So I don't know if Robinhood has it yet. It was in beta like a year back. Robinhood, uh, was kind of like, and they started a lot of trends for the investing industry and everything, but a lot of companies or, or brokerages have it now. M1, Rebo, a lot of them have these fractional shares. That way you don't have to buy an entire stock. That way, if you want to, you can just invest $5 and you can, you can do that. No issue. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's nice. And again, Randy, you didn't know that when we talked about it. No, so. I didn't. So that was like, that was a big part. Like w- literally while we were recording and we were doing this and putting like the pieces together, I was like, whoa, wait, I can literally just put 15% of my money into Tesla. Like I don't have to buy, you know, X like amount of amount. you know stocks. So like, I thought that was really yeah. cool. And I think it yeah. makes people feel a lot safer because it's just like Talon said, I can pick a set amount of money if I really want, like if I'm really hesitant about investing and I say, all right, I'm just going to do a thousand dollars. That's great because then I can put percentages of that thousand dollars to each thing. I don't have to like try and figure out like allocating X amount of money and buying X amount of stocks. Exactly. And buying stocks have become so much easier in just the last couple of years, because even four years ago, most brokerages had a lot of trading fees. Robinhood kind of came out of nowhere and they were like, hey, we're offering zero trading fees. And guess what? A lot of brokerages kind of had to just follow suit because they couldn't compete with that if they continued having like 1%, 2% trading fees. Because the second that you buy a stock, you're already out of money if if you have these fees. And now... I don't know any brokerages that have trading fees. Uh, individual funds like the ETFs, they'll still have expense fees and everything, but the overall brokerages don't have trading fees anymore. And you have the fractional shares and you have auto investing. Buying stocks is easier than ever. They're all almost all brokerages have apps now. Uh, yeah, it's great. I think I don't want to throw it under the bus, but I think the company I invest in with my mom, who she works for, I think still might have a fee mm-hmm. because their agents need to get paid there. It's a, it's a management fee. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's a management fee. That's also a benefit of using an app like M1 or Robinhood, right? You're doing it yourself. So it's on you. 
another reason why you should do a lot of research on this. Um, but again, the ETFs are safe. So if I were you, I'd get this app and invest in an ETF. But I am very diversified because I have my TSP. I have this individual investing going. I also have money with my mom, her company. Um, so I'm all over the place. And to me, I feel safe diversified like that because I feel like no matter what, I'm going to make money. It's not like I have all my money in Tesla and I'm really riding on Tesla to do very well, which they are doing very well. Your eggs are all like all in one basket, though. Exactly. Yeah. Correct. So we talked about how much money like you could throw in, right? Randy used it $1,000 as an example. So another thing to consider when investing is dollar cost averaging. And that's what Talon taught me. That's what my mom taught me. I've been fortunate enough to know this, right? So, you know, the market goes up, market goes down. When do you invest, right? If you're lucky like me, I waited too long. I could have made a lot more money, but I invested in May after that crash, right? I think it crashed in March. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Joey, my mom was like, Joe, you're going to invest right now. Like, you, you should invest right now. And he did. I said full um, send. He made a lot of money, a lot more than I did. Joe! He bought at rock, he bought at rock bottom. And I didn't think about it, right? Because just I just, it wasn't on my radar. And then April comes by, and I was like, well, it's still pretty low. And then May came by. It was up more, but it was still really low. And I was like, you know what, dude? I need to throw money in now because I don't think it's going to crash like this for another long time. And I'm so happy I did. But you're not always going to get that lucky, right? There's not always going to be a crash. Thank God there's not always going to be a crash. Um, otherwise, no one would make money. So one of the safest ways to invest is dollar cost averaging. And that's what I do. That's what Talon taught me. Uh, I know when you first mentioned it, you were doing like what, every week or something like that? Yeah. So yeah. Every, so just in general, dollar cost averaging, that's just so you can buy in the dips. You can buy at the highs. It's just, it you averages get out. Yeah. It averages out over time. And yeah, for when I first started investing every single week, man, this was literally only a year ago. I was only investing $25 a week. Damn. Yeah, that That's was only crazy. a year ago. I was investing $25 a week. That was enough dollar cost averaging for me. Um, then eventually I moved to literally investing every single day. And there's benefits to it. Um, there's You could lose money from it, of course, because if you throw all your money in in a lump sum, you could make it. That There is a type of gambling to that. But, it, I mean, heck, if the market's low, market's low. My, Again, if you can notice you're in the crash, that's when you throw a lump sum in. Yeah. And that's a good place to get started, right? Yep. Because why for some like people who've never invested before, why would that make sense to throw a lump sum in? Because those shares are at an all time low. Well not maybe not all time low, right? But they're very low and they're gonna go back up. Yeah, you get, you can get them on sale. Might as well put as much in there as that's possible. That's a perfect example. That perfect term on sale, right? It's like fifty percent off for this share. Okay. <laughs> it's sold, right? Yeah. Um so, Randy, that was a question you had, too, was, like, do I throw right. a lump sum in or, like, how often do I invest? And, again, there's no real answer to that. It's all personal opinion. If you're in a crash, I would say lump sum. That's what we've done, and it's paid off. Um, so, Talon mentioned he invests every day now, correct? I've slowed down, actually. You've slowed down. But I did do that for almost an entire year, yeah. Yeah, that's impressive. I continue to do that. I do $25 a day. And that's why an app like M1 is great. And you mentioned auto invest, right? It yes. automatically does that for me. It gets $25 taken out and it sits there for the next day. And then in the morning, it invests that $25. 
to whatever percentage I have those shares allocated to. So I think I'm at like 30% for Tesla. So 30% of that $25 now goes to Tesla. And then everything else gets divvied up between the other ETFs I have and other companies. Yeah, It's phenomenal, dude. It's so easy, like you said. Yeah, M1, M1's a great product. Uh, so the thing that got me into investing is this really simple uh, app or brokerage called Acorns. But after a little while, I realized I needed to kind of choose some of my own things. So M1 was a great thing because it's really you set it to, and forget it. You can set up you set up your bank connection. You set up how much you want to invest, when you want to invest, and you create your pie. You can copy pies. Uh, like Chris said, you can you can create your own. I mean, heck, real fast. Chris kind of talked about what his pies are. I might as well just throw in mine real fast. Yeah. But if you don't want to choose your own individual stocks, M1 has their own expert pies. You can copy hedge funds if you want. You can copy really whatever you want. Like they, they have pies and they do great. They have dividend pies. They have pies for everything that you can just copy. YouTubers, investors, they can all co- like post their own too and you can just copy them. But for me, um, I mean, my pie right here, I in M1, I have Tesla, Apple, Amazon, AMD, Redfin, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and EXPI or EXP World Holdings. Um, that is my personal M1 finance. We, I mean, I'm not a financial expert. I'm just letting you guys know kind of what I like and what I've kind of put my money in. But M1 is great. The reason why I originally wanted to start an M1 is because if you get any dividends from any of your stocks, M1 has a great auto dividend reinvesting feature. So I originally got M1 because I was like, I want to get into a dividend investing. And but again, because I didn't know this at first. So why don't you explain what a dividend even is? So a dividend is, well, when you own a stock, you own a share of the company. So if this company makes money, uh, guess what? You're part of the company. You get some money back from it and all the all the companies like not all companies have dividends because there's a difference between dividend stocks and kind of growth stocks growth stocks they don't give out dividends because they want the company to grow they're still in the growing period of the company such as like tesla or something like that because they want to grow as a company they're still reinvesting in themselves they're not they don't want to give the money back out to investors because they most of the time dividends are kind of given to investors because they want the investors to stick around um and normally it's older companies that give out dividends. So some of the biggest ones, AT&T gives out like a 7% dividend. Huge, huge. Um, there's gas companies that gives out big dividends and everything. They're just giving you a, a little bit of money for how much stock that you own in them. You're just getting a little bit of their profits. But on the flip side of that, because they're giving out their profits to you, the company's not going to really grow. You're not going to see the stock go up like a lot of money. It's going to go up a little bit probably. But it's not going to go up a whole lot because they're giving the money back to you. They're not really reinvesting that money into themselves or anything. They're not really trying to grow anymore. They're a huge company. They're they just want their they just want to last as long as possible. So they're, that's why they want their investors to stick around. Um, and but that's why I got into dividend investing is because I wanted to do the financial independence, retire early, and it's it's dividends are nice because of course it's. You can expect it pretty much every quarter, depending on when the dividend payout date is and everything. But it's just it's just income. Like you literally just get it paid to you. And M1 does the auto auto dividend reinvesting and everything. So you literally, if you have dividend stocks from all these companies, it just automatically gets reinvested into them. You don't even have to think about it. M1, it really is just like you set it, you forget it. You don't have to check it if you don't want to. Um, you can rebalance stocks if you want to. Don't recommend it because that means that you sell it. So like if some stocks in your pie is doing really good, like Tesla, let's say you only allocate 
five percent to tesla but it's done really good so now it's sitting at technically like 12 percent of your pie uh you can rebalance it but then it would sell tesla then rebalance that profit to the other things but that's considered a sale um you <clears throat> probably shouldn't do that and you can add stocks whenever you want to you can lower the the percentage of stocks whenever you want to but for the most part you don't have to worry about m1 it's really nice you just set it and you don't have to look at it ever again if you don't want to and so you mentioned rebalancing i don't i didn't do that but what i did do was you know originally i had tesla at like five percent because i was like well i don't i'd rather be in an etf right now i'd rather be a little bit safer and then i saw tesla just continuing and continuing to grow right over and over again so like maybe i should throw more in and that's the great part about this app is that i didn't click the rebalance button i clicked from now on invest 30 percent instead of five yeah so it took, I'd still not caught up. It's almost there. Um, Cause I was doing like 30% in ETFs. So I dropped that to like 17% now, you know, I'm 30% in Tesla. So I almost swapped them, right? So all the money I've invested from that point on, since I've done that, more has gone into Tesla, but I haven't rebalanced those funds. I didn't yep. move those Tesla funds into something else. I kept it where it is. I just want to put more money in it from now on. Yeah, so I'll probably just keep investing in Tesla versus the other ones until you reach that percentage yes. point. Exactly. Yeah. So, the, I mean, this app is great. I love it. It looks a little confusing, but I'm sure you can watch YouTube videos. And like, obviously, if you're listening to this, you can reach out to us and we can kind of explain it to you. So it's really nice. Randy now has it. Joe still doesn't have it, do you, Joe? I do not. I You guys may have sold it on me. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty nice. Even for That's someone like app. I actually think it's really, I find it so far really user-friendly. Yeah, I think. it's not bad. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, your pie, it's just a, it's just a picture. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a nice representation. It's literally a pie chart. Like you yeah. can see exactly how everything's allocated. Yeah, exactly. And M1, they also, I'm, I'm not, I wish we were sponsored from them or something. Maybe that'd, we should reach out. That'd be great. <laughs> but uh, M1, they also have, I mean, we talked about it in the last episode, they have IRAs, they have uh, Roth IRAs, they have their own checking account and they even have their own debit card that comes with it. And I know I have the premium account with them. So I get, if I wanted to, I could use them as a, high yield checking account which i would get one percent interest on all my funds in there which would not be a bad idea because then i would have money in there and if i wanted to invest in a company i could just throw it in there because it's already in the brokerage i don't have to wait for transfers or anything like that but it's it's a great product in general uh you can use them for everything your checking account your investing retirement accounts it's m1's pretty great i haven't had any issues with them yeah me neither um but i mean i talked about before what started me into investing acorns uh and i know joe kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier i don't know do you use acorns joe uh actually i don't i think we mentioned it before we start recording but anyway yeah. uh i do still have acorns um funny story i forgot my password and <laughs> i need to uh, reset it so i don't know where my money's at in it <laughs> you're an idiot yes you are, you are that bitcoin guy that lost all, all yes of i am stuff. that guy uh, <laughs> but uh yeah I, I got into it um one of my uh, supervisors at work actually kind of recommended it to me, and we kind of like set it up together. And, nice. Yep. So I'm in yes. Acorns, and I'm with the same company that my, uh, Chris was mentioned with my mom, and of course TSB and all the other stuff. Yeah. So Acorns, the and general idea of it is really good for a lot of people. So Acorns is considered what's called a robo investor or robo advisor. Um, so they basically just you give them money. And they just decide what to put it in. You can kind of choose like your portfolio and everything. There's other ones uh, such as Betterment and, huh? 
Wellfront, that's what it's called. I was going to say Weeble, but no, Wellfront and Betterment, Acorns, those are all robo advisors. You give them money, you kind of tell them like what, why you're investing, and they kind of just choose for you. Um, and Acorns, it really hit the market really well because what made them really nice is you can invest without even knowing it. Because what they did was there's something called uh, Roundup. That's so right. you you link your cards, your credit card, your debit card, whatever you want to use, whatever accounts, and so let's say you spent 70 cents they would then round up to the next dollar and they would invest 30 30 cents for you um so you don't even have to think about it at all um they would do it it's not a lot of money um that's the only thing uh but you can do reoccurring payments with them uh reoccurring deposits and everything but for the most part yeah they just choose whatever you want you choose what portfolio you want uh if you want to be aggressive uh moderately aggressive really they're just investing in etfs so for me for the longest time, I was just in the aggressive, and I think that's forty percent into the S and P five hundred, something like twenty percent into medium medium cap, and then like twenty percent into small cap. That was the aggressive. Yeah, that's not even aggressive. That's not a, that's not that aggressive. <laughs> they're still just they're ETFs. Like yeah. they're you're very diversified. Um, but the reason why it's considered aggressive because if you go anything lower than that, they start investing in bonds. Uh, yeah, that's very not aggressive yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, but I mean, it's really easy. You literally just set it, forget it, and if you're a student you this this is one reason why i use them for a while if you're a student you don't pay any fees uh i think up to like five years so if you link your student email to them you don't have to pay any fees normally their only fee is one dollar it's one dollar a month uh which depending on how much money you have with them is either a lot or it's a little because if let's say you only do roundups and you only have like five hundred dollars with them one dollar a month that's a lot of money that's a huge fee for how much you have with them versus if you just invest in those index funds themselves such as that vanguard one that i talked about that only has 0.04 percent expense fees that one dollar in acorns is a lot but guess what you if you have a million dollars one dollar you're saving a lot of money versus if you invested somewhere else and if you're a student you're not paying it at all uh and for the longest time before i wanted to get into individual stocks i just used acorns i didn't have to pay any fees I just gave them money. They just invest in those ETFs. Uh, so for a while, I was just doing $100 a day with them, um, and it was good. The reason why I'm not using them anymore, though, is because they changed their portfolios. And I wasn't expecting this, but they changed the aggressive portfolio. They used to include like real estate stocks in there, um, but then they just took that out and invested more into the S&P 500. And when they took that out of that portfolio, they rebalanced my portfolio. And that means that they sold the stocks that I had, and now I'm gonna have to pay taxes on that. Stocks oh, that wow. I wasn't planning to withdraw for years. Uh they should have just kept it in there and just like then like what M1 does and like just rebalance it so like your percentage and something else goes up. But they rebalanced it. Um and I'm I'm not afraid to say the number, but I have I had thirty thousand dollars in there. And twenty percent of that was in real estate. And I don't know what twenty percent of thirty thousand is. I don't want to do math right now, but I have to pay taxes <laughs> well, on that. Ten percent 20... is three hundred, so six hundred bucks. Yeah, but so I have to pay tax, right? No, no, it'll be six thousand. It'll be six thousand zero out of zero. It'll be six thousand. So I have to pay taxes. I have to pay taxes <laughs> on. Hard. I have to pay taxes on whatever, like the six thousand dollars that was profit or whatever that was. I have to pay taxes on that now, which I'm just really mad about because they didn't tell me about it. I just looked at my account one day and just like rebalance. I'm just like. What yeah. what do you rebalance? And then yeah. I saw that it sold it sold like ten thousand dollars. I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I so I stopped investing in them. I still have money in them. I'll probably transfer out with them at some point, transfer to someone else. 
But if you're brand new to investing and you're just scared to start off, look at those robo advisors such as Betterment. I think Betterment and uh, Wealthfront's probably better for most people. But Acorns is nice because you don't have to pay any fees if you're a student, especially if you put a lot of money into them. But uh, and other than that, I also have a company called Weeble, um, just W-E-B-U-L-L, Weeble. And that's what I use when I wake up one morning and I'm just like, this stock that I've been looking at is down. I want to throw money into it right now. Um, because the great thing about Weeble is that once you start a transfer, you have spending power immediately. So that transfer doesn't have to get into Weeble, but you can buy a stock right away. So it's like, let's say you want to buy spend a thousand dollars into a company you can put a thousand dollars you can start the transfer for a thousand dollars it might not actually get into that account in three days but you can spend that thousand dollars immediately really yeah so that's unlike m1 where you have to wait around until that transfer happens with weeble if there's a company that you want to buy start the transfer and you can buy it immediately so that's why i like them um because i can wake up because personally at this point in my life i like to buy if I see a company that I want to buy, if it's a red day for them, I like to buy it. Yeah. Because for the most part, it's almost you're almost guaranteeing that you're going to get something, even if it's only down like 2%. Because the way that the market, I guess like the way that people think is that really once a company hits a high, they're going to probably go back to that high at some point. So if it goes down 2%, guess what? It's probably going to go up another 2% at some point. Because that like the, the, the market and people see that that's the high. And so they, I mean, that's they expect it to be around that price. So uh, that's why I like to buy on red days now. Uh, and I, if I see a company that's in the red and I want to buy it, I'll just use Weeble, just buy it real fast. But I don't, that's not for, I don't use, do that regularly. Like I don't do it monthly or weekly or daily or anything. That's just, if I see something and I like it, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I guess little- this uh, is good timing to bring up that each of these companies take a, a percentage, right? Of what you make. Am I mistaken on that? Like Acorn stakes, um, I think when you take out, I think they take 10%, 20%. I don't know. Do you know no. what I'm talking about, Sal? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So that's what I was talking about. So Acorns, the only fee that they have is that $1 a month. Um, but that's the thing is like, if you don't have a lot of money in Acorns, if you only have $100 with them, bro, that's a, that's a 1% fee every single month, let alone per year. Um, you're losing out a lot of money. If you only if you're only doing roundups and you have fifty dollars with them and you're paying a one dollar fee, you're you're not whatever money you're making from the stock market, you're losing it immediately in fees. So with right. Acorns, you have to you have to invest a lot of money. Weeble, um, I don't know any fees that they have. Uh, I I don't think they have fees. Uh, M1, I haven't seen any fees from them. Of course, if you own ETFs, you have to pay the expense fees, but you don't even see that. Uh, you won't even see like a minus or anything like that. You just that's kind of just built into the price on M1 kind of thing. So you won't even notice that. Yeah, you won't see any fees. Um, like I said, probably like three, four years ago, once Robinhood kind of took over the market, uh, no brokerage really has trading fees. Gotcha. That, it, ma- it makes trading stocks so much easier. Like you don't need, That's why like stocks used to be so scary for people because it's, immediately you'd be out money because you have trading fees. And now you have to bank on making a little bit of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. All right, so well, we, I was under the misinformation that they took percentages. So never yeah. mind then. Unless they unless they rebalance your portfolio, <laughs> then you have to pay taxes on that, whatever your whatever your income is. So <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's Tell that. Big <laughs> I'm so I stopped I investing uh, after they did that. I literally just stopped all my recurring yeah, investments. Yeah, I would too, without even reaching out to you. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. well, thanks for fucking me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we talked about individual stocks. Uh, we talked about ETFs. So let's talk about something 
pretty aggressive and kind of a big topic right now. Let's talk oh. about crypto, right? Do we want to get in that on this episode? Yeah, because we invest in it, right? Sort of, kind of. Let's let's touch on it, right? Okay. Um, Bitcoin, obviously, everyone's heard of Bitcoin by now, which is a good thing because I have money in it. So <laughs> spread the word. Um, basically, cryptocurrency right now, just for you guys. Since we talked about the Reddit thing, I kind of want to talk about this. Um, it's a different currency, which a lot of people don't know, which I didn't understand until you explained it to me. You're not investing, per se. You are buying a currency. You're transferring your money, a U.S. dollar, into a different currency. So, for example, if I travel to Europe, my U.S. dollar gets converted into a euro. And whatever that euro is worth, I either make money or lose money. That's how you're, like, if you go to a poor country, your dollar goes a long way, right? Like, Randy, you said when you went on that cruise, you went to... Uh, Belize, what was it called? What country? yeah. Belize. Your dollar probably went a very long way down. Oh, yeah, it did. So, same thing, right? So, you buy Bitcoin. If you bought it, per se, if you transferred your money, right, when it was very low, and now the value has skyrocketed, that's how you make money. So, it's not really an investment. Just be aware of that. It's more like, if you want to look at it in something other than just money, it's like a commodity. Because there's a supply and demand with it because only so much exists. It's like gold, yeah. So it's a commodity is is kind of like how you can view it if you don't want to just view it as changing it like a dollar to a euro. Yeah. So I, you know, like I have some uh, and I want to bring this in because it's important because if you follow the news and all this investing stuff, the, first off, investing is very much research and following current events. Right. So just this week within the last seven days, I don't know exactly when, but Tesla bought. 1.5 billion dollars worth of bitcoin correct yep and that Yeesh. sent the value through the roof and they're also allowing bitcoin as payments for tesla like they're accepting bitcoin which is huge we talked about the trends right randy when can you notice a trend uh i first noticed a trend i invested money in bitcoin i talked to Tom. i was like hey do you think it's a good idea and he's like yeah why not dude like i think it's the way of the future i was like yeah me too probably so i threw some money in and my money doubled in like a month. And I was so happy I bought it. When At the time, it was a high. It was like a record high. But I was like, you know what? Maybe it's just going to keep going up. You can kind of say I was an emotional investor. I was like, well, maybe it's going to go up. Fear of missing out. I'll throw it in, right? I got lucky and it's continued to soar. Like doubled my money, right? The reason I bring up Tesla is because now they have money in Bitcoin. It sent that through the roof. Uh, Bitcoin was, it was becoming the way of the future in my eyes because I saw companies like PayPal now released a Bitcoin debit card, basically. Venmo's going to start accepting Bitcoin as well, which really? Venmo's, Venmo's owned by PayPal, but yeah, Venmo's going to start okay. allowing transfers with Bitcoin as well. Yeah. So Randy, you mentioned trends. If you look at it. I mean, again, we're not experts. This is my eyes. So, uh, you know, I could lose all my money tomorrow. But you see the debit card. You see Tesla buying in a shit ton of money. Is it going to waterfall into other companies now? And that's where I invested. Even though it's at a record high right now, I invested a little bit more money. Not a lot, but a little bit <clears throat> in, in case it waterfalls to other companies like that. 
So again, Bitcoin's not necessarily an investment. It is because you can make money on it, but it's not as safe, nearly as safe as an ETF or like stocks, right? Yeah. So that's something to consider. That's all I wanted to touch on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's fine. And I think right now, I think that we should talk about some cryptocurrencies in the future. We should talk about stuff like, uh, I guess, like the uh, Federal Reserve and just centralized banks and everything we could talk about all these things in the future and why people don't trust the dollar anymore uh we can talk about that on another topic so i guess that's like a little teaser for the future but hey yeah the 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 thing about crypto is yes you can see it as an investment this is kind of an investing episode but you should probably only put money that you're okay with losing because no one knows what the future holds and tomorrow the u.s government could come out and be like we don't like cryptocurrencies we're banning all of them so you if you're if you're a citizen of the united states you can't buy them you can't sell them kind of thing the the value is going to plummet because they're they're not really regulated at like too much china's already kind of regulated cryptocurrencies a lot and that has affected them a lot and no one knows what other governments are going to do because i mean it's it's changing the world it really is so uh you never know what's going to happen. So, so Randy, as like a first time investor, did we pretty much answer any questions you might have had? Yeah, hundred percent. Like you answered, you guys answered all my questions that I had. Like I had a, I did have a list of questions in front of me that I had written down. Um, but I thought you guys were super thorough too, because I had questions that kind of came up along the way, and for the most part, everything got answered. You know, as you guys spoke. So. No, I definitely feel I feel a lot better about my investments and I mean even sitting here I'm kind of trying to think of like now what I want to invest in next so I definitely feel a lot better about it. So uh yeah, I think this was I think this was pretty good and informative. Sweet. And yeah, on on that clip we did, we showed uh we showed what funds we did and uh, did we talk about what percentages we yeah, we did. We talked about I think what percentage we, did, yeah. we threw everything in. Yeah. So again, if you want to refer to that and see a little bit, like it's actually recorded like video. So if you want to see, head over to our YouTube channel and check that out. It's only like 20 minutes long. Um, so hopefully we answered some questions for you guys. We talked about a little bit more about investments. And, you know, again, a lot of people don't realize you don't have to buy entire stocks. Stuff like simple tips like that can really help people. And that's what we're trying to do. Just trying to make you all money. Trying to teach you the lessons that we have learned. Yeah. Said it. Uh, That that uh, flowed in pretty organically. Oh, and there's, oh, (laughs) oh, we're hitting them hard. So, to kind of recap both last episode and this episode, as a new investor, uh, so let's maybe use Randy for example. If you want to get into investing or if you want to get into bettering your financial future, pay off your debt. Any high interest debt that you have above 4%, pay it off immediately as fast as possible. Get an emergency fund. That way, you if you invest your money, you're not afraid that tomorrow you have a car accident. Like you you wish that you had that money. You don't you don't want to have to sell your investments. Have an emergency fund. That way you have funds readily available in case you need them. And once you are in that stable financial position, go ahead and invest. You should start off with any of any of your employer like retirement accounts, such as your TSP or 401k. If your employer does matching, immediately immediately invest up to that matching amount because you're doubling your money that you invest like risk free. It's a guarantee from your employer that you're going to be getting that. You might as well take advantage of that. And in my personal opinion, such as your your if you're paying into a 401k. 
once you reach that match, I think that you should open up a Roth IRA. Again, personal opinion, not financial expert, but you should open up a Roth IRA and invest up to that as much as possible. That way, once you retire, you don't have to pay any taxes on that income whatsoever because compound interest is crazy. Uh, if you invest $100,000 over the course of 40 years, guess what? You're going to be a millionaire at the end of that 40 years, even though you only invested $100,000 yourself. And this is taking into account for like the average S&P 500 price. And if you invest that in IRA for, or Roth IRA or whatever retirement account, you don't have to pay taxes on that. Take advantage of that. And if you have anything left over, if you want to just diversify a little bit, if you want to invest in individual companies that you might not want to do for retirement, go ahead and open up a taxable account with M1, Webull, whatever you might want to do and throw some money in there. Uh, re invest regularly, invest long-term. Don't worry about the news. Don't worry about when to sell, when to buy. Don't try and beat the market. Uh, it, it's a safe approach, but in reality, that's probably what you should do because we're not gamblers. You want to be an investor. And in reality, that's pretty much all the advice that I can really give someone. I got one more thing. We kind of talked about in the clip. Uh, I mentioned the, the rule of 72. Are you familiar with the rule of 72? Is that just like every, every what? This is every 72 months, it, your no. money basically doubles? Uh, it's about doubling your money. It's about, there's a calculation you can do to see how long it will take for your money to double. So the rule of 72, right? You take the number 72 divided by your rate of return. So for example, if I'm making 8%, 72 divided by eight, that's gonna give me how much time it's gonna take for that money to double. How many years, right? Yeah. So that's very important to know because that's why this compound interest is great. And it's important to understand the rate of interest that you get. So if I'm like, for example, I bought in the crash. So my test is up 400%. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Like that's phenomenal. So that means the amount of time my money takes to double is like nothing. Whereas S&P 500, you know, like you said, that average of 8%. That's why a lot of videos, a lot of financial advisors use that average in all the equations I show you, use that average of 8%. Your money will double in 30 years, 20 years, 15 years, 10 years, right? Yeah. So it's just a little nice little tip to to learn and you could Google that. So Yeah, I mean we can give some numbers right now. So just to make it easy, that way I'm not talking about like monthly contributions or anything. Let's say you invest one hundred thousand dollars today and you let that sit for twenty years at around an eight percent return to kind of follow the stock markets. Uh and you let that sit there for twenty years, a hundred thousand dollars. After twenty years, the balance will be around $552,000. But let's just say if you only do it for another 10 years, that value over doubles in just 10 years, only 50% of the time that the original time took, it over doubles and it's from $550,000, it goes to 1,243,000. If you add just another 10 years from that, so we started at 20 years, now it's at 40 years, at 20 years is $550,000. You let it sit there another 20 years, you're sitting at $2,779,000. And that's why it's so important to start investing younger. Yep, as even soon as possible. Even if it's less amount, that money works way harder for you. Yep. And that's the biggest takeaway from this episode. So hopefully you guys have learned something. You know, it's a lot of information. If you have any questions, send us some DMs again. 
We're not professionals. We're not licensed at all, so we can't tell you what to do. We can only recommend what we do and show you how we've been successful. So, hope you liked it. Send us the DM. Check out our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm ready to go put all my money in Dogecoin. All right, guys. This has been Lessons Learned. Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and go follow our other social media pages linked in the description. From all of us here at Lessons Learned, have a good day and see ya! See ya.